Hello and welcome to the Parishes of Adelaide for the fourth episode in a special series covering the Diocesan Assembly. I'm Michaela Howard-Jones. Today's episode, the third and final day of the Diocesan Assembly. It was a warm Thursday evening when all of the participants gathered together once again to fill the seats of the beautiful Capri Theatre. To begin the night, Peter Bira, one of the co-coordinators of the Assembly, opens with a story of his own. Well, there's been a lot to ponder and a lot to consider over the last few days. And I don't know um, if you're anything like me, but I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Uh, just the last couple of days, I was thinking about um, a favorite subject of mine, and that's maps. My, uh, my co-workers will probably laugh at me because I uh, in, in the youth office because I talk about maps a little bit too much sometimes. Um, when I was a kid, I had a big world map uh, on, my, on my wall, and I had a, a, a world globe uh, in my room as well, and my siblings and I would spin the globe, put our finger down, and wherever it landed, we would go and research or learn a little bit more about that place. And, but it, it gave me an opportunity to kind of see the world in this uh, wider perspective. When I, was, uh, when I knew that I was coming here, I think I mentioned the other night, that I, I did some research, some context you know, analysis of where I was moving to. And part of that, for me, is always looking at maps. And so I'd go to Google Earth and find out, all right, where's the Catholic Education Office? Where is Theberden? Never heard of that. You know, so what does it look like through the satellite? Uh, you know, or where, uh, where is the house that we're moving to? I want to see what that looks like. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're choosing a destination, in a sense, or we're, we're choosing a route toward the destination. That destination of being the people of God in, in this place. And so how we do that, what maps are we using to measure our way? Where are we stopping along the way to, uh, to consult with one another, to figure out where we are, and to maybe even reimagine where it is or how it is that we're getting to where we're going. And so I wonder, what new maps are we creating? And how does this diocesan assembly, our diocesan pastoral council, and the, the assemblies to come, how will they help us to create new maps to get to where we're going, to meet a new time and a new era. And so tonight, we keep in mind that all that information is going to help us move forward along the journey uh, on, on this way, and that maybe we'll have to create some new maps, but we're gonna do it together, and that it's a road along the way where we can be assured that we will meet Christ. We'll be Christ together, and uh, I think that's an assurance that gives me a lot of hope. So why are we here tonight? We want to bring that energy forward from the weekend. We're going to be outlining how we will reimagine a DPC. And we want to send forth our members to the Plenary Council. And we want to say thank you. Um, to all of you. So if we revisit the aims of why we had our Dawson Assembly in the first place, it was obviously to gather as a Dawson family and to listen and discuss things that matter to us, to prepare for the Plenary Council 
and to discern recommendations for the life and mission of our Archdiocese and to form a new Diocesan Pastoral Council. It was at this point in the night that the participants got to hear the recommendations that they had created themselves only days earlier reported back to them after they'd been collated and the most common needs amongst them had been identified. So, in terms of the highest priorities which were ranked by participants, number one was enable opportunities for women to undertake roles of leadership in the Archdiocese. Establish models for ministry and service encouraged by Pope Francis, a church that is outward focused, a church that needs to reach out to the community and connect instead of inviting them to come to us. I'm excited about this because this does exist, doesn't it, Peter? To establish a justice and peace body or commission or similar body. Financial support for family-based programs. So you would recognise some of those catechesis of the Good Shepherd, uh, ways to engage families um, with the life and mission of the church. And I think the other thing about that too is that we're going to be inviting you later on tonight uh, to take this information back to your communities. So uh, this, these lists aren't the end-all be-all. So something that might not have had any dots on it might be you know, the, the, the thing that speaks to your community. So just because it wasn't highly ranked doesn't mean that it wasn't important. The other thing that, that came out as we were looking through everything was that people named a, a number of values, a, a sense of way of being church that we want to aspire to be uh, and, and a way of being a people. There's a lot that's about welcome. There's a lot that's outward focused, that's service oriented. That's how are we to be together? And I think that as we continue to, to grow and develop as a community of faith, that these are the kinds of things that we look to, that we know already that we want to be. So what can we do to help us get there? That's the, I think that's a big question. What can we do to support one another in being the church that God is calling us to be in this place? finish off the night and the diocesan assembly, Sarah Moffat invited the plenary council members representing the Archdiocese of Adelaide to come forward and share what they had found to be the most powerful and prominent needs from across the entire assembly that they would be taking forward to the council in the coming days. This is Julian Nguyen, President of the Vietnamese Eucharistic Youth Movement, and Ian Cameron, member of the Emmaus Parish and Holy Cross Church. Um... Firstly, I'm very honoured to be a member of the Plenary Council. I hope I bring uh, the voice of young people to the Plenary Council and also a voice of someone who comes from a multicultural background. You know, I'm very proud to be part of the Vietnamese Catholic community and I hope I can bring that through to the Plenary Council. The other thing I'm passionate about is leadership and that was heavily discussed over the weekend. Um, things such as, you know, young people, how can we, we're nurturing them in schools, how can we bring that through to parishes and you know, youth groups, youth ministries, communities? You know, we've got them captured in that school audience. How do we continue that on and create those partnerships? But in the next 10 days, I'll certainly reflect and discern and 
hopefully represent our Archdiocese well at the Plenary Council. Thank you. What I heard at the Diocesan Assembly is that we dream of a Catholic community that has a social justice and peace conscience, that celebrates our achievements and positive experiences, and that acknowledges hurt and exclusion, and that reconciles, that recognises Indigenous and cultural diversity, and that is inclusive in all respects, a church for all, including lay, religious and ordained, of gender, culture, age, life experiences, marital status and sexuality. As a plenary member, my commitment is to take the patterns of issues that you have expressed in your consultations and to ensure without fear or favour that they are carried into the plenary deliberations. Can you imagine how helpful these last few days has been to us to absorb your wisdom and we thank you for equipping us to represent you. So we're going to send forth our plenary council members. So Archbishop Pat, Bishop Greg, Father Philip, Monica, Ian, Julian, Maddie and Chiara, you have been called to represent the faithful of the Archdiocese of Adelaide at the plenary council. May God grant you the grace to be open to the spirit, leading you through the days of prayer listening and discernment during the process and gatherings of the council. And finally, a prayer from Archbishop Patrick O'Regan. The Lord be with you. Gathered together as the body of Christ, putting God at the centre of our lives, entrusting our life into the mystery of God's eternal and inexhaustible love. May the blessing of Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you all and remain with you forever. Amen. Our diocesan assembly has ended. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. for two minutes, boss, or not? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so as people start to file out of the beautiful Heritage Theatre, this is this is it. The moment it's 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 done. How are you feeling? I actually feel really energised. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I think the highlight for me there was actually those plenary council members mm. repeating back what they heard people say. Yeah. I think it's extraordinary. I think we've done something extraordinary. I mean, you probably had hopes going along of what yeah. it was going to be like. Has it exceeded that? For you, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. If you'd asked me two days ago, I was still in this space where I was processing it, but I can feel some energy and I can feel that people are committed to going forward. If you could trace your energy to one specific kind of area where you go, that's kind of where, that's that's my that's my petrol bowser of, of positive energy. Is there one particular thing that you're looking at and you're going, you know what? There's a lot of things that we're going to look at. There's a lot of things that were talked about tonight, a lot of big priorities. But is there anything that's got you particularly fired up? I think always the stuff that involves people. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's the people stuff, you know. It's the engagement with people in parishes, in justice and ecology. Like it, it's, that's where I'm more, most drawn. 
In the days following, James Meston got the chance to sit down with Gabby Connolly and Talia Sully, two participants from the diocesan assembly, to get an insight into the youth perspective, reflect on the days gone and hear their hopes moving forward. The first question was for Talia. If you had to choose one standout moment across the entire three days, what would it be? When I first came along um, and we were just gathered outside ready to walk in, just seeing so many familiar faces from all different parts of the community in that one space for their one purpose, um, ready to take action and have conversations, that was just – it just seriously filled my heart from the very beginning and I was so – excited to get into it from that point i noticed that too it was like looking around and going oh hi 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 and then and just seeing people from all of those different aspects going this does really feel like everyone is together this really does feel like that yeah it did there there was a lot discussed over the course of i mean the friday night and the saturday there was a lot of conversations was there any moment that you found kind of that challenged that challenged you i think you can't go into a room full of so many people and not feel challenged at any point. I think um, the panel, it would have been awesome to have youth represented on that panel and yep. just and just an opportunity really to share a different sense of experience of church. In a, in a, it was just an opportunity. Like I think the people that were there were fantastic and the things they have to say were incredible, but just getting a chance to showcase that young voice and that young experience of what modern church looks like. Yeah. Um, that would have just been an awesome thing to see. I mean, we did see a lot of, of, of principals, educators, um, uh, parish workers, elder parishioners there. I'd be curious to ask both of you this question. I'll start with you, Gabby. If the uh, if younger people were represented in greater numbers there on the day, what issues or ideas do you think might have been voiced more or spoken about more if that was the case? We, we had one uh, in the second session. It was the inclusivity and we... I think spoke about a lot of the issues that youth would speak about in that session, but I think possibly not entirely from a youthful perspective. Like I think it was the interpretation of topics that youth would have brought up, if that makes sense. I see you nodding, Talia. Is this something that resonates with you as well? I completely agree. I think that that's, it's actually something I I didn't think of before this conversation, but um, I just think that relevance and perspective from a young person just would have been different. Although I was very surprised and really proud of our diocese that the conversations I was a part of were so open and so inclusive and the perspectives were so, um, I think from a lot of backgrounds, which was awesome, but they were really like, it was, it was a little bit like there was some tension, but I think tension's really healthy. I think mm. having tension and sharing our backgrounds and our stories always brings a bit of emotion to it, but everyone was just so respectful and held space. And I just think yeah. that's, mm. that's what I would want from any conversation, especially a conversation on such a large level. I feel really positive about things really happening from here, but we got to share space with each other and hear each other. And there are yeah. stories that I heard and feelings I felt that I'll carry with me regardless of the outcome yeah and i think that's special that's entirely what i mean because i think if you brought up these sorts of issues in a group of young people they go a hundred percent that's something we need to talk about Mm. and there were certainly a couple people in this group who wanted to like when the topics were brought up they said oh but do we need to talk about that and i think that's what i mean about like if the youth were involved more it would be 100 percent. this is an everyday thing um so it's not that 
they don't think it's an issue or that they don't think it's something that needs to be talked about. They just didn't think it was a priority necessarily. Um, and yeah. I think that was definitely something interesting that we had to work through at the beginning of some of the sessions. If you had like a particular realistic hope for one thing that could have come out of all of this stuff, Gabby, what would that be for you? I think the community involvement in the individual communities, because that's something... What does that look like? Yeah, so I think one example is our parish had a really... I think we had a real fire in us after the diocesan assembly, and I think that's one of the great things that comes out of these big uh, environments is that then all the little flames start taking off as well. So we have the big flame with the whole diocesan assembly, and then we've got the littler individual things that are happening as well so our parish there are so many exciting we've got a new youth started that had started already it's about six months so we're still a baby but um you know it's just the fire igniting in us to keep that going and to keep it growing and then to get involved in like the cardine community and get involved with the primary schools and with uh you know some of the residential homes around us and that sort of stuff it was just really interesting hearing everyone's perspectives of things that we could do that we hadn't even thought of. Yeah. Um, so getting to go back and bring that home with us is really exciting. One hope, one wish out of the whole thing, Talia. We're, we're fast forwarding 12 months time and this is something that gets reported on. We achieved this. What would your hope be that is? I have a place I want to start, but I do have a very specific thing in mind as well. I think just formal changes in our archdiocese, like things that are written down for people to follow and to start making changes. Because I think I am usually not a very like policy or formal person in the sense of like wanting to have rules in place, but I think there's a real space for it when you're trying to change a movement of people. Yeah. Um, so, so clear like archdiocese-wide direction. Yeah, okay. in, inspired from those actions yeah. that were mentioned in the assembly, but specifically around youth ministry. I mean, that's my area of um, passion and that's where my mission is really called to. So I think seeing, this is very ambitious, but seeing youth ministers in every school would just be my absolute dream. So and primary and secondary. Primary and secondary in yeah. our Catholic education because I just think they can be real facilitators of space just like we've experienced but in those communities and connecting them a little bit more um, which would just be super exciting but I just think even in 12 months as long as there's something in place to facilitate that and to have a plan for that moving forward I think would be um, incredible. And what would those school communities look like with every school with a youth minister in it? How would it change things? I think it adds another perspective and voice in a community that is busy and really full. It just gives someone the opportunity to say, how are our young people really stopping and reflecting and engaging? But also it puts role models in a community. Mm. It puts someone there who has the intention to think forward and think future Um, I think there's just a youthful energy that comes with someone who has that vision in mind of creating like a more modern and vibrant church. Like that just really excites me. Um, And being in my own experience of that, like it's given me a whole lot out of that as well. My own personal growth and my own faith. It's like a formal way of forming people. But while you're also forming a whole community, it's just like a really good opportunity. And I don't think... We're at a space anymore where young people are necessarily thinking of mass as church, but they're thinking of people as church. And what a better way than having like 
taking it seriously and having young people in the community who aren't students, but they're leading our, our like modern version of church. I just think that that's really cool. Thank you for joining me today. For more on the Diocesan Assembly, subscribe to Parishes of Adelaide podcast to hear all of the on-the-ground action and more incredible behind-the-scenes interviews. If you'd like to find out more about the outcomes of the Diocesan Assembly, including a full list of recommendations that came from it, you can find that at adelaidediocesanassembly.org under resources. The link to that will be in the show notes. Next episode, the Plenary Council and more. This podcast is a part of the Parishes of Adelaide podcast and was produced by James Meston and me, Michaela Howard-Jones, for ArchD Radio and Podcasting. We'll be back very soon with the next installment from this special series. See you then.